0: Welcome all, No Playing This Ride, Big Six Zero, Episode Number 60. So welcome aboard. It's your first time here. Welcome back if you've been here before. I am Blackout. This is my podcast, No Playing This Ride. Recorded entirely in the car. Season number three. I guess is what this is. Number 60. Yeah, I'm gonna start number season number three right now. Right now. Stuttering all through this bitch. But season three starts now. This is episode number sixty, like I said. And shout out to everybody from there i'm not from the 60s i don't really know nobody from there my favorite rapper from there so shout out to nipsey and everybody from the 60s one of my favorites i don't know if he's my favorite he in my top five rotation right now right now i'll give you nipsey anyway um first and foremost my bad last week i was talking about some political news or whatever something surrounding trump and i kept saying john flint john kelly instead of michael flint i messed it up just then again, right there. So Michael Flynn was the guy I was talking about, the former Lieutenant General, who was, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, snitching on everybody. He was asked about the Russia probe. He was involved in some shit going on in Turkey. As a part of the uh, probe, Robert Mueller got to him first. Mr. Lock her up himself, and got cause to flip on everybody, especially Trump, or whoever else was involved in that. So Michael Flynn was the name I was thinking about. I watched so much news. On and off, I started mashing names together, and I guess in the midst of me doing the podcast last week, I just fucked it all up. So it's Michael Flynn, not John Kelly. John Kelly was the chief of staff who was stepping down at the end of the year, or has already stepped down, I'm not sure. I know they talked about Trump trying to nominate different people for the job, and they was like, nah, cuz, we don't want it, and it just didn't work out, but Michael Flynn was the person I was talking about. And I say I, I watch it on and off because I really do. I go, I do like a, um, a Surgeon Purge, I guess, is or a Binging Purge, I think is the right, right way to say it. But I'm going to say Surgeon Purge because to me that sounds a little bit cooler, man. So Surgeon Purge, I go in, I watch the news diligently for like weeks on end. Then it's playing in the background while I'm at work. And then I watch it sometimes when I get home. Like in, if I get like a minute or two before the kids show or the wife show starts, i try to sneak some news in and then I'll go dark for like a week or two and just not pay attention to any of that shit. And I feel like it's working out well for me because now I'm not getting overwhelmed with it. Like, now I'm not getting overwhelmed with it like I was when I was watching it throughout the the, elect, the election and all that stuff. I think it's a good practice, man. Pay attention to it, be cognizant of it, have it in the back of your head, be able to get to it. If you wanna just see what's going on real quick. But don't be stuck in it like that. Maybe pay more attention to local news. Maybe we should focus more on local news. And there's something that came to my head that just happened that I just forgot. It was like a decent story locally, and um, I know what it is, and I'm gonna save it for later because it's some bullshit, and it's not even local here. It's local back in my hometown, Jacksonville, Florida. But neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and get into it. And now we'll start with um, Mr. Trump and his people. So. Messing around on the internet, I saw something in a former White House lawyer. Um, he used to work with uh, Bush. So Richard Painter, former White House lawyer, believes Donald Trump should plead out and resign. And this is a quote coming from him. He says, everybody is ignoring the law. He told this to uh, Joanne Reed. He says the General Service Administration signed a lease with him that specifically prohibited a United States government official from having an interest in the hotel. But they don't want to enforce that lease. So there you go. He's talking about the hotel overseas. And they've come up with a convoluted option that explains away the clear terms of the lease. The emollients from foreign governments going to that hotel are illegal. An emollient and emoluments, I didn't know what that means. It's basically just like the profit coming from that, from the hotel is on foreign land and he can't really take it as a government official. So that's what that means and he's saying it's illegal. And that's coming from MSNBC is on their morning show. And if you, if you got a former White House lawyer you say you should plead out, it looks bad. Cause I don't know if they are gonna get Buddy now, but they probably gonna get them later. And there's like three birds passing by me right now, three choppers. I don't know where they are going, but y'all could probably hear it in the background. Three big ass choppers going somewhere. And I don't want no parts or whatever they got going on. But yeah, uh, it's looking bad for me, bro. Not that I'm sympathetic at all. But it just it just if you it goes to show you, man, you stand too close to shit. Or if you are the shit, if if you're the shit that everybody's standing too close to and they realizing the smell is on them, they gonna eventually turn around and be like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Standing them around this shit. Why am I around? Why am I around this shit? And then when their freedom gets, you know, put in jeopardy, that's when they really gonna start realizing that they fucked up and jeopardized their lives in in ways. And I'm not saying that they gonna get hurt or anything like that, but just they jeopardize their lifestyles, for lack of a better word. If you really sit down and think about it, I know I talk about this a lot because it still, you know, blows my mind that this individual has so much support. If you really sit down and look at this Trump shit, right? It's almost like the opposite of Takashi Six Nine. Takashi Six Nine is the exact opposite. Where you had a young person who was 20 twenty-one, maybe twenty something years old, worked for a short amount of time, three or four years, to get to where he was at, made a shit ton of money, only to be robbed by the people he was working for, by them skimming money off the top when he was getting these shows. And then because of his connections to them. And him trying to boost them up in their activities, he ends up facing 32 years in prison. I think at minimum. But that's, you know, that's all reporting and shit. What they're saying is 32 years at minimum. That's what he's going through right now. The opposite of that is Donald Trump. Where you have a bunch of people who worked their whole lives to get to where they're at now. Shit, even on um, homeboy included, because even though he took he had the million dollar loan from his pops or whatever. He still has been steadily working to get to where he is financially. I'm not saying he's been successful the whole time, but he's made some. He's made some money. Let's not. It's not bullshit. He made some money, and he he grew through the uh, the media, and he made himself great by marketing himself out there. He made himself seem like a great commodity, and now with him being the president, we're learning a lot more about him. If you look at it like this, like I said, complete opposite of six nine. The people around him have all worked their whole lives to get where get where they're at. And now, they're throwing their whole lives away. Excuse me if you hear me, I'm texting my old lady, letting them know my Amazon package arrived. But, like I was saying, they've worked their whole lives to get to where they're at. Whether they be generals, whether they be lawyers, whether they be politicians, whether they be people, um, let's say, uh, financial professionals. Somebody in that arena, they worked their whole lives to get these credentials only to be around this person, go through their campaign with him, him not even be two years in office, and then everything they worked for, their whole name has been turned to shit. It's amazing to see the amount of support he still has, considering that fact. In that while, you work your whole life to get to a certain stage. And then you get something extra. Because let's be real. Him, him becoming the president was something extra. That's cherry on top. These people all had titles. They all had a role. They all had careers in place. And they attached themselves to him for this presidential run. And now all these people are going to have their credentials and their qualifications and their degrees come into question. Because of poor judgment they made fucking with this guy. Wow. It's the exact opposite of what happened to Takashi. The exact opposite. The only thing is, he's already in jail and they were robbing him. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. This is the world we live in, though. This is the world we live in. And uh, I'm going to get into something I want to say next week. I hope I get into it next week. Maybe top of the year. But this, uh, Santonia Brown situation, a young lady who was sentenced after being a victim of uh, sex trafficking, and then she ended up killing the guy who was, um, I guess, who had, who had it either out there doing it or one of the people he sent sitting on a date with. And it's, it gets kind of weird. It gets really weird because my, I'm thinking about it and I'm trying to be as honest as possible because if she leaves the house to go meet the person, and then the incident happens there, it's, they're gonna be like, well, she had an opportunity to leave they're always gonna be able to hope that against her. But my thing with her is, is like, at what point does a black person's mental illness come into play? Because when it's somebody else, when it's these white kids and these young white people, or whatever, and they go and they do shit, they always bring up a history of mental health problems. And I'm just like, with all the shit black people see, with the way we're treated, with the way we're portrayed, through media, through the things we go through in our environment. Even when you make it, you still get questioned about what you do, and people still think that we're not sick. It's crazy, but I'm going to do what I can do to dig further into that and get more details before I speak on it, because I glazed over it like a donut, and I really didn't um, dig into it like I should have, but I'll talk about it when I really get into it. And I'm going to move on from that since I'm just burning up time right now. And I'm going to talk about this asshole, this EMT worker. So uh, Alex McNabb, he was a part-time EMT worker in uh, Virginia. And he was basically on a white supremacist podcast making statements about black people. And um, he was basically saying that he got satisfaction out of torturing his black patients. Out of torturing the black patient, he compared one black woman to a shaved Harambee. And this is a guy who's supposed to be, he's supposed to be providing emergency medical care to people. He was put on unpaid leave, but it's just like, damn, bro, you you can't even just exist. Because I'm wondering what these people did to him, other than him having to respond to them needing medical care. For him to then go on the whatever podcast and then just talk bad about all these people. Saying they referred to a certain section that I'm going to assume was predominantly black. And they called it Ebola Alley when they had to go over there to see patients. Him and the other people he was uh he was riding on the rig with, or whatever you want to call it, that the EMT and paramedics ride on, the ambulance. Excuse me. But this is the type of world we live in. People say shit like racism don't exist. This guy was apparently on a white supremacist podcast called the Daily the Daily Shower. And the title is supposed to mock the Holocaust. So I'm just saying, when people tell me shit like it's getting better, racism don't exist. I, I will agree that it's that I believe it's on the fringe of, of society. The in-your-face shit is on the fringe of society. But that covert racism is very well... I think it's very well ingrained in certain demographics and certain people in certain areas. That they have to keep it quiet, but not discontinue the practice of this way of thinking. If that makes sense. But it's just... It just is what it is, man. This is the life we live, man. We out here dealing with this shit every day, trying to assimilate into a world that ain't really meant for us to succeed in, only to have people behind the scenes who do shit like provide health care, provide legal advice, provide food, provide protection, feel a certain way about us. And when we say we're always at a disadvantage, if you look at it, who owns everything? We still got to go through these people to get jobs. So if this is the mindset behind the scene, why is it so weird when we complain about shit? When we say we face certain things, when we say we're treated a certain type of way, when we say we walk into a room and the mood shifts? This shit is all real. We got people getting arrested for the same shit and then the jail time don't match up. Matter of fact, we got this young lady who's going to jail 51 years for killing somebody. She was involved in sex trafficking as um, as really the victim of sex trafficking, performing sex acts while being forced to, then she ended up killing somebody, and then you got people like George Zimmerman who go free after killing the little black boy. And I call him a little boy because I call him the little boys, I call little boys in my neighborhood, is about 16, 17, and I call them little boys because I'm a 35-year-old man, and that's what they are to me. Them little boys, 22-year-old man, that's a little boy to me. I'm a grown-ass goddamn man with a family. Those are our kids, in my brain. And I'm just looking at this shit and seeing people get off, what's this cat's name? So Jacob Walter. So uh, this guy, is a, he was a frat president down there, at, um, I think it's Baylor. And um, he raped a girl and he's not gonna go to jail. He basically signed a, a plea agreement for, what's it? For unlawful restraint, and he's going to have to pay a four hundred dollar fine, and he's going to have to take some, um, do some psychological, alcohol counseling, or whatever, and then ominous dominance is off his record. That's it, wiped clean, pay four hundred bucks, and his record is wiped clean. He completes his drug and alcohol psychological treatment plans, and he won't have to register as a sex offender. And that's coming from a, that's a CNN affiliate out there in Texas. Ain't that crazy? You can rape a woman now and not face no jail time if you got the right lawyer. And I really, I really wish that minorities knew the law more and we knew how to manipulate it and we had resources so that we can get great lawyers like that to get us away from bullshit. Now, not when you're wrong. When you're wrong, you ass need to go to jail. Don't get it fucked up. When you're wrong, you need to go to jail. But shit like this, so that we can at least get the same sentence somebody else is get, or we can at least set the precedent that that no, he can't get off like that, because you sent this man to jail for a similar charge. But this is crazy. We got black dudes getting out of jail after being there double-digit years when people lied on them, and this guy actually did the shit, played to it to a lesser charge and won't even have to spend time in jail won't have to register as a sex offender and get his record wiped clean when you tell your life ain't fair boy god damn and that's the reason i hate to be the devil's advocate in arguments when i when i say this but especially when i'm talking to somebody like my wife because my wife is a she's you know normal person she feels things she she hears stories sees things on the news and she gets angry about it like any normal person would. But then I have to say shit like that's the difference between legal and right. Right and legal don't always match up. And that's that's an unfortunate truth that we deal with in this country every day. I just was like, damn. He, got a, he, got, he took a $400 L and won't have to pay any any losses and he's just... It's just time, other than going to psychological counseling, which was going to probably in turn end up benefiting him. <laughs> that's wild, man. That That's Texas, man. That's Texas for y'all. That shit is crazy. But I'm going to move on, man, to things a little bit more upbeat, man. Um, Shout out to my Chicago Bears. They beat the Packers today. Fuck Green Bay Packers. It's a respectful hate. I respect them, but I hate them, but fuck them still. Great organization, great fans, but I hate all y'all motherfuckers. Go Bears! And I don't know what the hell happened to the Dolphins today. They got smoked by the Vikings and the Cowboys. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you, man. I'm not. I have no attachments to the NFC East at all. My brother-in-law's an Eagles fan. That's the the end of it. There's a couple Florida State Seminoles that play for the Eagles, but other than that, I have no real attachment to the NFC East. But I do get a certain satisfaction when I see the Cowboys get their ass whooped. I don't know if it's because it's – I know a part of it is because of Cowboys fans and the way they talk shit like they done been to the Super Bowl every other year. I know that's a part of it. And I I may have an issue with Dak Prescott and the the things he said about um, Colin Kaepernick. I know that plays a part in it too. So I like to see him lose when I was rooting for bro. But after he said that shit, it's like I like to see him kind of take a little L here and there. But I think I think there may be a combination of the two. But I like to see the Cowboys lose, man. I was happy to see them back. I like to see uh, Zeke do well. But I th- I think they may be it. I'm glad they got their ass by the Colts. Cause I mean, normally I would root for the Cowboys in this situation, me being a Jags fan. But we ain't got shit to lose. We're already out the playoffs. We need to start thinking about a quarterback. Since we know we we started our superstar, and benched our starter, we started Cody Kessler. He all he did today was throw a crucial interception. But you know, neither here nor there. I'm going to try to move on. But I do like what I see with uh, the Lakers. I see Lonzo and LeBron making a lot of plays together. I I'm glad I was wrong about that. He is going to greatly increase the development of those guys, and I'm so happy to be wrong and come here to admit that I was wrong. I fucked up, man but that's cool because me being wrong means the experts were right so I'm going to stick to my mindset of trusting the experts in those situations to make those calls and I'm going to somewhat shut the fuck up when it makes sense but this shit with the Jags still don't make sense you might as well let let, uh, Blake start and get your money's worth the season already over with there's no point in benching them now anyway Chicago Bulls are a mess and this is the shit I'm talking about with my Bulls. Like, yes, you got Zach Levine, who's out with the ankle injury, but that's gonna happen when you get a high flyer. That's why I really didn't understand paying them all that money. I woulda let Cuz go. You already rebuilding. Then you bring in Jabari Parker for like 20-something million, and guess what? He's about to fall out the fucking rotation. They're trying to ship him somewhere. But with two bad ACLs, where the fuck is he gonna go with that contract? In the NBA, I believe money's guaranteed. Somebody let me know if I'm wrong. No playing this right at gmail.com. Let me know if I'm wrong. But with two bad ACLs and that big-ass contract you got, and I know what the NBA, what they're doing now, but these contracts they're giving out, they're fucking huge. But to me, that's a lot of goddamn money. That's a definite L. So I... That's something else that just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, the Bears doing good. I'm looking forward to the next Florida State season. The Florida State basketball team is doing all right. I've been paying attention as much as I'd like to. I'm hearing rumblings in the baseball offseason, but I don't know what none of that shit means because I don't pay attention enough. And um, I'm going to move on to music because I'm talking myself into a hole. So first and foremost, I'm not fin- I'm not finished with the Meek album yet. I'm really not finished with it. Uh, I will get back to y'all. I may do some cheesy year-end shit, like I said. But so far, so good with the Meek album. I did listen to Kodak Black, most of it at least. I don't think I'm finished with it. And first, let me get to his interview he did with Ebro in the morning. So the Ebro Morning Show, whatever you fuck you call it, Kodak Black was on there. Interview was going good. Interview was going just fine. And then Ebro brought up this um sexual assault case he has pending. Now, if you pay attention to hip-hop at all, you know the young the young guys are coming up. Kodak Black's one of the lead young guys, and he was uh, recently in jail. Just got out, back on this bullshit, like I said. He talked like he got a bunch of marbles in his mouth, but that's that South Florida Haitian accent. This young man always has a hit. No matter what it is, Kodak Black is either going to be featured on the hit or he's going to have a hit. Got to respect it. But Ebro asked him about the sexual assault case. And the interview went left from there. Like Rosenberg tried to make a joke about the moon landing. And at that point, Kodak was like, man, fuck this, I'm out. And then you see the interview where he goes to the breakfast club. And that interview's fine the whole way through. He's laughing. Everybody in there is laughing. And that's where you see the disparity between the two uh, radio stations. Because if I'm hot and I got to do my interview cycle in New York City, I'm not going through there without stopping by the breakfast club. Because Ebro in the morning, all that shit is cool with everybody. But it's not the breakfast club. The breakfast club is just is next level. I'm sorry. Like Ebro in the morning, they're doing fine. But that breakfast club presentation is just it's above what they're doing over there. And the, you could tell when guys go there, they just feel more comfortable. And I, I guess it's because Ebro is confrontational. And if you're not seasoned, that's really not the place for you to go. Because he's going to test you. He's going to push your buttons. He's going to ask you questions. He's going to be a, a journalist. He's going to try to get to the shit. But he doesn't have the, the relationship, I think, with um the Breakfast Club. Because people know when they go to the Breakfast Club, Charlamagne's going to be there asking him that shit. But he does it in a way that, that people want to answer him. And I don't know how they haven't kind of figured that out yet on Hot 97. But... It is what it is. I did listen to this album. It's not. It's not bad. And I'm a hip hop nerd. Like I listen to J Electronica, J Cole, Mick Jenkins, all that shit. That's me. I listen to it all. But I'm telling you now, Kodak Black's album is not bad. And I've been saying this to my to the homies for a little bit. It's like if you really listen to what he says, he's saying some real shit. It's just in a. It's in a simpler form. But it all makes sense. When you, when you listen to it and take in what he's saying. This young man, he's 21 years old, been through a whole lot. He's making money, dealing with that whole process of being a, a new CEO and dealing with uh, the price of fame. Because now they know your name every time you fuck up. They know your name and they're looking for you to mess up. So give Kodak a chance. If we still supporting people like R. Kelly, and please, black people, please stop supporting R. Kelly. R. Kelly ain't shit. I'm going to get to that in a minute. I ain't going to take away from Kodak John. Go listen to Kodak Black's album. Form your own opinion. If you old and washed up like me in your 30s, go listen to it. Try to see what the young man is saying. If you can get past his accent, you will appreciate Kodak Black. I promise you. It took my homie, homie, I'm going to call him Rock Salt to say something for me to go and listen to and appreciate him. But if you listen to him, you'll appreciate him. I promise. But back as R. Kelly shit, black people, please, please stop supporting R. Kelly. That is going to bear us no good fruit. He's going to continue to go out on the world stage and embarrass us by going to the motherland and asking people, do they have their shots? Like, don't, don't disrespect the motherland like that, bro. You are already seen as ain't shit in the states, or you should be seen like that because of your track record. Please stop supporting R. Kelly. All this king of r bullshit ain't no king. Why do we have to choose? Why are, we, why are we depriving ourselves? Like they say black people have a crab in the barrel mentality. And you see it through social media. We don't have to choose. You see that shit all day long on Facebook or Twitter, whatever the fuck you want. You like uh, Jay-Z or you like Nas. You like Nike. You like fucking Adidas. Whatever, with all the little dumb shit. You like chicken and waffles or you like eggs and bacon. Just a little dumb shit. We don't have to choose. We don't. It's all here. You can have it all. You can have whatever you want that you can afford. You have, there's access to it. So you don't have to choose. Especially don't put some shit like that. That's like putting a pickle on the punch bowl. You got R. Kelly in there like, man, this he done pissed on the kid. He don't deserve our money. He doesn't deserve our respect. He doesn't, our, doesn't deserve our attention. Please stop talking about this, man. Speaking of attention. Somebody please call Offset. Somebody please call Offset. I was going to tell Offset, go get my belt on this joint. But listen, if you about your love, man, fight for your love. You fucked up, you made a mistake, whatever. I'm not going to dig into it because I don't really care about that shit. I did like him and Cardi being together and they appeared to be happy. But apparently he fucked that up doing whatever he was doing. I think we can all assume. I'm not going to dig into it because I don't care. Do I hope they get back together? Yes, because they have a child, and I think it's better for parents to be together. But at the same time, Cardi got to do what's right for her and that child. But, bro, you can't crash her performance. I know he loves Shawty, or he's supposed to love Shawty. He want to be with her. He realizes he made a mistake. That's big of him. To own it on that stage... Not that particular stage, but on the the world stage, I guess on the social media and being out in public, whatever. That's that's big of him. But don't go out there and fuck up her performance. She's at work, bro. She's at work. Like that's your workplace. You don't. You wouldn't want anybody breaking up your your muddiness into the workplace, talking shit about you on stage. You wouldn't want that to happen. So why the fuck would you go out there? And kill her mojo right before a fucking performance. Did you think she was just going to leave with you after that? Jump on your arms and walk out? I know you might have wanted that to happen, but that wasn't the right way to go about it. You wait for her backstage, catch her after the show, catch me there at the hotel, something, but don't go fuck up her mojo and her energy right before she's about to perform. That's not cool. I'm not even giving you an L for that. I'll give you an E for effort. I just think you did it at the wrong time. Fellas, please learn from that. <laughs> please, don't do that shit. That shit, that look real high school right there, in my opinion. FYI, the Patriots lost to the Steelers. Just alert, this hit my phone. And um, speaking of extra attention, somebody, extra attention, somebody please go talk to Kanye West as well. This man got in a whole Twitter argument with himself about sickle mode and Travis Scott and Drake, I guess he felt like he helped bring Travis Scott up in the in the game or created a lane where Travis Scott can exist. I don't disagree with that. He feels he did the same for Drake. I don't one hundred percent disagree with that because if you look at back at if you look back at who's been able to to ride the wave of being like an emotional type rapper Kanye West kind of fits that bill, talking about love. He talked about everything, but there's a little bit of Kanye and all these guys' DNA. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I, I kind of agree with that, but to go on a Twitter rant is like, it's just. I, I feel like it's unnecessary. But he did say in his rant that he always does this before an album comes out. So I will. I will give him that. But it just, he just looked. He looked crazy. He, I mean. I hate to say that about him. I know his mental issues, but he looks crazy. And maybe that was his release. That was his therapy. Maybe that's what he has to do other than be on meds. And if that's so, man, tweet away. If the meds don't do it for you or the meds don't make you feel good and you got to do something else, that's cool. Your tweets ain't really going to hurt nobody. But just realize it made you look like you wild as shit. And that's it. Now, Jacksonville, Florida. Go get my motherfucking belt. I've been saying this way too much. And I don't know what the fuck's going on back home. But not too far from where I grew up, off of Merrill Road in Townsend, which like I grew up on that block most of my life. In Jacksonville, Florida. It's been my whole life is in that city has basically been off of Mail Road. So Merrill Road there's a long road down the area called um, Arlington. It right, goes right through the center on, on my side of Arlington. And there's a street called Townsend Boulevard that intersects with that. And on that corner, there's a gate gas station. And uh, somebody decided to go in there early in the morning on a late night and shoot uh, one of the workers at the gas station. And it's, it's fucked up, man, because I come from that area and I like come from that like that area specifically. Like I worked at the McDonald's on the other side of that gate. Like I'm in and out of that gate all the time, especially when I'm back home. It's right there on the busy corner, not too far from where my folks live. I, I can slide into that gate and I can hit out to the south side. I can go down and see my folks. I can go down and bounce to, to see any of the homies. If I go to get gas in Duval, more than likely I'm getting it right there at that same gas station. So to hear that some asshole went in there and shot this old ass man is ridiculous. Like, why would you go in there and shoot an old man? One, an old man, you can't whoop an old man's ass. And then the crazy thing about it is, when my partner said, "Police hang up there all the time, all the time." It's a it's a major intersection in that uh in that area. So if I'm a cop, you're gonna, you you're ready just because of the way that that um gas station is set up, is right there on the corner. You can jump right on Townsend. You can jump right on Mill Road. You can go in like all four directions, north, south, east, west, just by getting on that, um, being at the intersection. There's another gas station like right across the street. There's a supermarket right there. There's all types of places for cops to hang out and just be there. So it doesn't make sense. Now, the bad thing about that is if you know how to get around and you think you're smart, which you'd be wrong, you can easily hit the back streets and think that you're going to lose the police in there. But you're not going to. The police patrol that area all the time. That's why it's called patrol. They're always there. They roll around. They know the streets. They know certain people. They know where to go. They know where people sell dope at over there. <laughs> they know where people do all types of shit over there. So for me, it just doesn't really make sense. Unless it was somebody not from that area that thought that they could just boogie and get away. But more than likely, it was somebody from that area. Because they'd have to know the time that the cops weren't going to be there. It's just a goddamn shame. Like, I don't even know if they caught the person who did it yet. But, man, we got to do better. Because at some point, I want to move back there, man. I want to be able to go to places I used to be. And I know it's not always like that, but that's ridiculous. You kill an old man for what? Gas station money? Gas station money. We got to do something about the violence in our city, man. There's a change that needs to be made. God damn. Anyway, man, um, that's it. Have a good week. I plan on recording before Christmas, but I may not. Just uh, be ready for me to take a little break if you give a shit at all. But it'll be back the week after, if not. So, man, make it next day your best day. Be better tomorrow than you were today. Feel free to hit me up. ride at gmail.com, all lowercase. No play 247 on Twitter. That's capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L A Y. No play 247 on Twitter. There's a No Play in This Ride Facebook page. And uh, I'm on YouTube, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play as well. So tell a friend and tell a friend. Also on SoundCloud these days. And I'm thinking about making a move to Spotify. Y'all let me know what's going on out in these streets, man. Y'all be good out there. Stay safe. It's about to be krumma time. So go ahead and get your krumma gifts. You do your. I don't know if it's too late for Hanukkah. I don't know if you're getting your on, do all that stuff, have fun, spend time with your family. Don't be alone. If you're going through something, please hit somebody, man. Hit me up if you got to. I just gave you wherever you can reach me. If you're going through some shit, let me know. And I, I'll fucking call you. Leave your number in and I'll give you a call. If you're out here fucked up, I'll talk to you. Whatever. But don't be alone if you don't feel like you can be alone. Spend time with your family, have fun, and do something great. Get yourself something for Christmas. Damn everybody else. Spend $10 on everybody else, $50 on yourself. Make it a memorable holiday season. Damn it. I want you back in the new year. One love, peace.